Welcome to the Triple Latte Leadership Lifehack Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Listen as we explore the timeless attributes that encompass effective leadership. Attributes that will help you supercharge your success at home, work, and play. Are you ready to be the leader we know you can be? Of course you are. Today we will discuss the leadership life hack that will help you get there. So now, please join our host and curator of leadership and strategy, Joseph Demaros. My friend, Carl Douglas, I am so blessed that you made the time. Thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. Joe, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. So thanks for the invitation. You know, you're one of those interesting people in my life because you intersect on so many different levels. You are an inspiration to me in terms of the work you do in faith and in community. We're both involved in elder care and elder services, and uh, we're both leaders and are involved in leadership. So it's neat that I'm speaking to somebody today that I really don't have just one touch, but with many, many touches with. Uh, well, thank you. Tell everyone. <laughs> it's my job and my passion to serve others. Uh, you're absolutely right. You and I met each other leading and serving others. And uh, you came in high regard from my friend, Michael Athan. Uh, oh. I had never met you. And I remember the first day I met you uh, down in Ocean City. All those years ago. Eight years ago. And you've remained the same and constant in my life. And uh, so I'm very appreciative of that. Well, I'm appreciative. Let me ask you a question. You went to Morgan State, and then you went on to get your master's in business administration. How did you end up uh, as a leader and an executive in senior living? Wow, great question. It's something called life. (laughs) (laughs) So worked many levels at Procter & Gamble, 20-year career with Procter & Gamble. I'm the only man that can tell a lady what shade of makeup she should be wearing. I do a lot of things, makeup, uh, marketing operations, you know, got uh, promoted and was managing 25 managers that manage about 3,000 people across the country. And then while I was living, it moved me all across the country, living in Arkansas. Uh, my dad was fighting cancer. And mind you, while working at Cracker Gamble before being promoted, I was taking care of my mom who uh, passed away eventually from complications of dementia. So when working at the highest levels at PNG, dad fighting cancer, I'm the baby on both sides. And, you know, he says, uh, my dad says, are you going to move? I had the opportunity to do the same level of work in China. And I had a year, Joe, to think about it. And I chose family over money. And so I had a year to think about it. And when I got promoted, promoted back home and was a caregiver for my dad and had him eight more months. And I'm glad I did. And I didn't go uh, away, of course, to China. And I said, hey, I'm going to take off a year. Then I'm going to go to school to be a nurse. So man of faith in my church, a lot of uh, professionals that work in healthcare, they said, you should be an administrator. You'd be amazing. So I was very intrigued. Administrator, what's that? Well, you know, to run in a community or facility, you have to have a license. So, Joe, I, got, I applied and got accepted to Johns Hopkins School of Nursing. And I said, well, I'm going to save that $90,000. <laughs> and phone huh. calling with a resume. And went to a few, you know, made a few phone calls and a couple different facilities around. Say, oh, we have uh, administrative training, AIT. We have one of those. Oh, we don't do it anymore. We have two calls in the spring. And then lucked up and met a guy by the name of Glenn Chair. He was my mentor. And he said, come and see me. And, you know, I thought I was just dropping off a resume. And he was interviewing me the whole time. And then he gave me my shot as administrator in training, rotated through disciplines, 
And two weeks uh, prior to my completing the AIT set for my boards and became a nursing home administrator and the rest is history. Incredible. Do you still love it? I love it. Uh, man, I'm stoked. I feel like it's Christmas every day. <laughs> that's, in- that's incredible. What gets you motivated in the morning? Um, the fact that I'm alive and well. Joe, thank God I'm on the ground and not in it. So I'm alive. I'm well. My family's well. And I get to engage to immediately see the effects of the teams that I'm leading and how I uh, improve the lives of other people each and every day. How many folks living on your campus that you're serving and how many folks on your team providing that vibrant environment in your community? Yeah, so I have responsibility for planning and vision and mission for eight uh, directors. I have 108 employees and I'm responsible for 94 residents that live in assisted living, a neighborhood we have called Enhanced Care, um, and then uh, Wellspring Village, which is our dementia care. So I'm a happy guy. What do you consider your personal mission in all of that work? Yep, my personal mission is simply this, Joe, to improve the lives of others each and every day. It's really my motto. I knew I hit the right chord, Joe, when I got back to me that one of my dear friends was questioning other people, said, listen, is Carl this happy every day? He said, absolutely he is. He's always on 1,000. That's how he is. And so my personal mission is to improve the lives of others and really simply remove roadblocks so I can see folks become, become, and really work at that passion and peace. You know, I think one of the reasons why you and I connected so well is we both come from a place of gratitude and we're highly enthusiastic. I, I would agree. I gravi- gravitated to you. I said, if I was a girl, I'd date Joe. <laughs> <laughs> said, and, you'd be, anyway, and you'd be able to give me great makeup advice. <laughs> yeah, sit still. Don't worry. I'll take care of it free of charge. Oh, that's awesome. That, 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 that's awesome. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Have you ever found that your enthusiasm was a barrier, that you had to tone it down so folks could relate? Yes, uh, earlier in my career, uh, Joe, I can be a, quite a bit to hand, especially in the morning time. Folks are not up early. Um, and when I engage, I'm simply giving back what folks give to me. Um, and so I learned very early in my Procter & Gamble days how to tone back. And really, I think I'm a great leader, Joe, because I'm a better follower. And so I'm good at sitting in the back. I'm good at watching and maneuvering and kind of taking in the tone of the conversation or the room seeing who the major players are and really trying to see where I fit in. And to do that, I have to learn how to be quiet sometimes. Um, Well, you know, you just identified four or five really critical attributes of successful and effective leaders, right? So effective leaders observe and they listen. Yeah. Effective leaders are effective communicators. Yes. Effective leaders are oftentimes the best followers. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So that's really important as well. And effective leaders know how to tone it down when they need to tone it down. Yeah, absolutely. I've learned, Joe, the truth is I'm not the star of the show, but it's everybody that I'm leading. And I'm trying to get them along with everybody around them to really see how great they are um, and pull out of them the best that I can every single day. So for you, the leader as the conductor is an important symbol or metaphor. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's the most fun because it's nothing greater to see someone realize how great they are. It was something inside of them already. 
and all you were was the conduit to actually identify it, expose it, magnetize it, and let them see it. And then it's an amazing thing to watch when that happens. And I just do it time and time again, like I'm in a garden, gardening, uh, one of the best gardens in the world. Wow. Incredible. What is your vision now for your professional future? Yep. It is being able to stretch beyond anything that I could imagine. I've got some personal goals, Joe, um, that I want to continue. I want to do this until I leave this earth. I probably will never retire. I will just maybe move on to some consulting. I don't ever see myself not working. And the truth is, I don't call this work. I'm serving. And so I'm born to serve. It's in my DNA. It's who I am. In every interaction, great or small, I'm going to do it. So my professional vision is to find ways as I become and matriculate in the ranks, whether it be high or low or move to a place who have grown other leaders, that I still find relevance and I'm still looked upon as being valuable. And so to do that, for example, my dream, uh, you know my, my email, is Professor K. Douglas. Right. Because I want to be an adjunct faculty. I want to teach college. I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a way to teach some part-time courses at the local university. So whether it be that, whether it be consulting for larger corporations uh, or extending a hand to my current employer in many ways. If not, I will create something to make the professional vision come to pass. Well, speaking as a current adjunct professor to a future adjunct professor, we're going to make that happen. Wow. From your mouth to God's ears. We're going to make that happen. And, you know, you've already defined a couple of things that effective leaders do again. You know, effective leaders seek first to serve. Effective leaders um, help others to be relevant, give voice to others. And effective leaders build value. Does that resonate with you in your professional and personal life? Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, honestly, Joe, it's what brings me joy. I'm working at my passionate peak and I have so much more to give when all of those cylinders are fired. I mean, I know because I basically get back to whoever I'm engaging with a response to let me know they're listening, they're attentive, and they appreciate kind of whatever efforts I put in. Some are easy. It's the quick home run, right? Some's the grand slam, but some of it is some additional work where we got some heavy lifting to do and I'm here for all of it. So as an effective leader, how do you deal with a bad day or a bad moment? Well, first of all, Joe, I don't have bad days. (laughs) People say, you're nuts. That can't be. I actually don't. You know why? I got up today. I I got a roof over my head. My family's doing okay. And, you know, granted, one of those things could happen. Honestly, I take five minutes uh, to sulk in whatever may occur. Literally, Joe, watch this. Before I came on with you, one of my dear residents that have been been here, living in the community since it opened, passed away. Literally, five minutes before jumping on with you. I had mm. to, mm. you know, uh, everybody loves a Mary Bell, but I know we've served her well. You know, I got my hugs. I gave my words of encouragement. That's going to continue even after today. You know, I had my two minutes and then I know others need me up to including you. So I'm always back on where I need to be just so I can press and, you know, move forward. Try not to stay in a certain disposition so long, especially one that would impact me improving the lives of others. Well, you know, certainly keep your friend and your community member in my thoughts and prayers. And it's an honor to spend time with you right after you were dealing with that challenge. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. 
Here's the question. I get this all the time as the head of a post-acute long-term care association, so I've got to ask it okay. uh, uh, of experts uh, such as you, and that is, are you bearish or bullish on the future of senior living? Joe, great question. I am bullish. I am bullish on the future of healthcare, and here's why. You look at that definition, and really two words resonate for me, and it says, are you optimistic and confident? And I am. Because let's face it, look at the population. We look at Maryland just in general, right? And the baby boomers and all those that needs to be served. Let's face it, you and I are going to get old one day. And so there's a lot of people before us and many that will come after. So there's always going to be a need to be able to serve uh, the elders in the population. Granted, the advantage and the approach may change, add different language and or words to it but it's always going to be there. There We have rocky times. It has to deal with cost and, and those who are making decisions you know, at the higher levels with regard to state regulations. But at the end of the day, we're always going to be here to serve. It's always going to be here. Very right. right. So if we focus on quality, if we care with and for folks the way we wanted to be cared for amongst our family, we're going to be okay. I, I would agree. Absolutely. And guess what? It occurred, Joe, before you and I arrived to where we are now. And so I think we have more information, more technology, more partnerships that are in place. We're smarter now. We're using technology uh, to our benefit. Uh, and I've seen some positive things go. I look at the glass as if it's half full and not half empty. I think we, we're doing a good job. So, Joe, thank you. No, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, listen, obviously, governing values have played an important role in my life, I value my elders, my kapuna, as we say in Hawaii. Nice. I value unity. I value steadfastness, onipa'a, uh, as we say in Hawaii. You know, so I've been really touched by learning very early in life that goals that are backed up by governing values are often the most successful goals. So what are some of the governing values in your life that have been key to your success, both professionally and personally? Wow. Well, thank you. What an interesting question. Uh, I'd like to answer this by starting off this way. The essence of Carl, everything you see and or hear, it's based on the fortitude and the lessons that were taught by my parents and my grandparents. So before you get to anything that I am labeled or known to as or, or spoken of, it's because of the molds and foundations that I believe in. It is my foundation of who Carl with the K is. Here's what I believe. Every person, every man, woman, uh, and child deserves respect. They should be treated as such. I don't change the, my love for people based on what media and or television and or radio tries to write a narrative about. I just stay on a consistent path to loving and respecting everybody that I come in contact with without judgment every single day, every single hour, every single minute. The world needs, Joe, more love, more respect, and more patience. And so I've learned, even at a higher level, to do all the things that I do, to make sure I carry that, those tools with me into every situation. I start my day with it, I get dressed with it, and I take it off at night, and I put it back on the next day. And I'll tell you, the armor of it gets stronger and better, and it's contagious, Joe. So if you walk in my community, even my leader was here this morning. She says, Carl, 
there's a good feeling in this community. And it's because, Joe, the job is not firing folks. It's coaching and modeling it and loving people till they get it. That is what my governing values are. There's some powerful stuff there, my friend. Some powerful, powerful stuff. Hey, what do you consider urgent in your personal and in your professional life? Yeah, great question. I believe there's a plethora of things, but one that comes to mind often is the millennials, those that are learning right now. I don't see, Joe, I feel like I don't have enough in the pipeline to be able to teach to carry the torch. So, you know, you think about STEMs and you think about some nursing and things like that, but I'd love to see more skilled administrators, more thought-provoking dialogue with a group of young people to really get them on the track to do what we do. I see it at little levels, but I'd like to have the cup overflowing. I'll cite you an example. I've had the blessing to partner with a few professors at Towson University, which is right directly from my current campus. So probably at least twice a month, I have 40 students that are in gerontology courses, and they range from juniors to seniors, and I'm shaping their minds. They come to my community, and we walk the community, and they have these lists of questions. We talk about, you know, my day, what it looks like, painting a picture for them, a real picture of what it's like to do this amazing work of serving others. And so really, by the time I'm done, I've then got them fired up, Joe, about what could be and how they can take kind of what they believe and what they thought caring for others was in healthcare and doing this administrative type work to getting out in the community and really making moves to improve the lives of others. So really, you know, again, the answer is to make a sense of urgency for those who are willing to listen about being able to jump on board to get qualified, certified to do this work at a higher level. No, I agree with you. I think we have an obligation, and I mean that in the most positive sense, we have an obligation to connect young people with the possibilities and the rewards of caring for our elders. And I think if you want to have a strong, responsible, highly entrepreneurial, meaningful career, I think it's waiting for you in, in the management of aging services and in elder care. And in realizing that just the incredible treasures that you will be able to preserve, uncover, and build upon by interacting with our elders. Joe, you hit it on the head. Man, you got me fired up. You know, you use key words that really just resonate with me. You know, you talk about the obligation, right? And the treasures that need to be uncovered and the sense of urgency. You are absolutely right. You know, when I talk to some of the students, trying to shape their minds, you know, what they believe it is and what it actually is, is like really off course. And it's not necessarily what your mom and pop grew up with. There's a, and it's not necessarily, you know, everybody trying to move to something that would be quick and fast. This is definitely a servant's role that comes with a lot of benefits of which some you won't, you'll see now and many you'll see in years to come. It will bring satisfaction on so many levels. And so I'm glad at least the two of us with the others that we know, hopefully we can make a, a positive difference. Today. Yeah, you know, one person, you know, one person at a time, one action at a time. Uh, you know, one of the things that motivates me in my work is how can I help somebody to be their best self, whether they're 92 or 32? Wow. And, you know, yeah, no. Okay, that's good stuff. I love it. All right, it's true. So listen, I was super blessed 
to be one of the handful of people to be at the launching of Synergy Baltimore, your non-for-profit. I was so honored that you invited me and I was so blessed to spend the day with your friends and your family and lots of great hugs and lots of great talking and some good eating and some big dreaming. Tell everybody about Synergy Baltimore. Yes, Synergy Baltimore is a non-for-profit organization of which I am the servant leader, uh, president of. It is a non-profit that serves the homeless and the underprivileged living in Maryland, but with the focus on Baltimore City. We do it um, in North, South, and East, and West Baltimore, but our main hub is North Avenue and Gay Street. Every third Saturday of the month, you can find us there. I mean, we serve uh, others, Joe, in five key areas, food, water, shelter, clothing, and care. The basic needs that any man or woman and any child uh, would need. And so we do this through uh, this, the volunteers um, and gifts and in-kind donations from the common man. So we're super excited. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary that we'll be celebrating on May 19th uh, of this year. And what we built uh, with my board members of 10 and to what has really transpired is beyond anything that we could imagine. And so for that piece alone, we're grateful. Well, you know, I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of the people that you've impacted. I've heard the stories of it. And you're getting real traction with this organization. How can people help? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. So a few ways. We're on all social media, Facebook and Instagram. Our website is synergybaltimore.org. And you can go there to find the latest and greatest events and what we're involved in and what our next event will be. Actually, you could call our offices, 410-746-7571, and a ring directly to my phone or my staff, and we'd be glad to share how they can help. In-kind donations, softly used, gently used clothing, water, food, all of those things uh, would be a blessing, and we could coordinate to come and kind of pick those up. Also, we don't want to be the best-kept secret. If you would share our name and our mission uh, with uh, people of influence in your circle, and have them visit our website. We would just love to do that. Uh, we exist uh, because of individuals who share our name. And again, it's been a great to partner with so many in our city. You know, there's a lot that's going on negatively across the country, right, Joe? But yeah. I'm not talking anymore. I want to put my hand again to the plow. So I know I take care of individuals nine to five, but when I'm not nine to five, five to nine, I'm working. And I'm still serving those in the community. It's like, I'm not talking anymore. I want to, I want action. And so I'm going to do the very best. We're not the biggest and we're not the baddest, but we're not the smallest. And we're going to do what we can for the influence that we have. And uh, for that, we're grateful that people trust us to do that. Well, you know, you just hit a couple of other really important attributes of effective leaders, right? Effective leaders, confident, but they're also humble. Effective leaders, again, they're followers, they're servant leaders. Now there's times where servant leaders need to be urgent and yeah. highly declarative, but they are still servant leaders. Effective leaders focus on building teams. Effective leaders have vision for a better tomorrow. And effective leaders take action. Yes. Even if it's little action, they yes. take action. That's correct. Absolutely. It, it's necessary. And it's for us to continue. And I think we're obligated as leaders to ensure that the peanut moves forward. And I'm going to do everything in my power to influence that. 
Well, I appreciate it. How can people, again, reach out to Synergy Baltimore, either by phone, website, or social media? One more time. Yes, SynergyBaltimore.org. We're on Facebook and Instagram under Synergy Baltimore, or you can call us direct at 410-746-7571, and we'd love to talk to you about how you can help and actually volunteers. So when we're out, we serve two to 400 individuals in a three-hour time frame. Saturday. So I need a lot of hands. Uh, to give out clothing and to speak well and kind words to people and resources from the city that we provide um, and clothing uh, and, you know, something to drink and food to take home and food to eat on that day. And we have entertainment and a lot of laughs. It's a great time. And I could usually help to come, you know, if you got your kids, if they need school hours, you want to bring your family, you know, come down, spend a half hour, hour with us. It will change your life. That's powerful. That's powerful. I hope folks will join me in supporting Synergy Baltimore, my friend. Yes. Hey, I've just got two final questions. I know I've taken a bunch of your time this afternoon. Who have been some of the, you've mentioned your family, but who have been some of the other important mentors in your life? Yeah, well, great question. So, of course, you know, certain, you know, my grandmother, father, they, they were all what I would consider thought-provoking leaders, you know, kind of working and, you know, entrepreneurial. But I found a way, Joe, in my earlier years, you know, call it, I was 20 years old, right? But I was hanging with 30-year-olds. I was hanging with folks that were always on the move, always doing something positive. They had something that I wanted. And if they would let me in the room, my friend, I would find a way to be there. Uh, I would be there, be quiet, and I would ask a lot of questions. Um, And so I've been grateful. In fact, every milestone and every uh, position that I've held in corporations, you know, I've had mentors that have really sewn into me not just with their resources, but with their time and their prayers. And so I, it is my prayer, I hope that they see that it, was, it didn't fall on deaf ears. Um, and so always I've been uh, fortunate to have uh, those, you know, in my circle, uh, for which I would include you, some who's an encourager, I mean, really just live the attributes of leadership that always gives me enough fire to keep going. You know, and again, all these individuals just took the time to say, at this level, this is what you do. And watch this. I think I've really been blessed. I, right now, like right now, I don't have any stress in my life. I'm not exhausted. I'm really working at my passionate peak. And it's because my mentors, right, they told me, do this, Carl. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. And I listened carefully. And so many of the roadblocks um, that I probably would have come upon, I've missed all of those because of those individuals and mentors in my life. Wow, powerful, powerful. Think of the traction you gained and the detours you avoided as a result of that mentorship. Yeah, it's amazing. I really still uh, live in awe today and remember as said, well, I don't know if they didn't do that where I would be. I might would have gotten here, but it would have been with more bumps and bruises, but I could have been on a different path. My sense is you would have gotten there, but again, you just would have been a tad bit battered, maybe a little bit more gray, but you would have gotten there. Yeah, yeah. So I've learned how to listen a lot more. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a last question because, you know, my one of the things that I really admire about you and I have a strong sense of with you is that you build rocking championship teams. What's your secret to doing that? Yep. So it's what we started with earlier. It is two things, uh, right, Joe? So one thing is to be clear in your communication uh, expectations. So I am clear to my organization, I'm clear to my director team that here's what we need to deliver on. I am also very transparent. So my frontline staff can talk to you about our business plans because I want them to know and understand how they fit into the goal. 
I am engaging. In fact, when adversity comes, I engage, I don't run. And I teach those around me to do the same. I model what I expect. So I model professionalism and I use the language as well because all of this is contagious. For example, I have GNA, CNA qualified associates in my community, but if you look at them, they'll tell you just what I teach them, they're professionals. So they're much more than the GNA, CNA for me. They're the gatekeeper to resident rights and improving the lives of others. And that's the language that they use. So I teach it. The job is not firing. The job is coaching. So I'm coaching every day, all day, all the time. And what happens is it's contagious. They learn. It's just like teaching the alphabet. And then after a while, they learn the alphabet and can say it on their own. Um, and so I also am not condescending, Joe, just because I may wear blazer every now and then and wear badge that says executive director. I'm nothing more than a glorified servant. And so I have an open door policy that from my housekeepers up to my directors can come in, talk with me at any time. So my culture is one that is kind of um, laid back. It looks easy. It is not easy, but it's one that's conducive to support and folks don't have to be afraid. And then lastly, I'm always growing leaders. So again, I identify items in individuals when I sit down with them, the moment I meet them, I'm already working on what their next should be. And they have no idea. Um, and then I eventually get their buy-in to grow them to whatever that next level is. So all of that together is a recipe, Joe. There is a recipe to this. You put that recipe together and then you'll find yourself um, having a fine-tuned machine, you know, with turnover than less than 2% um, and a highly effective organization with high-performing work, the people who are happy to come to work and that will run through walls for you because they know as a leader, you're going to remove the roadblocks for them and make their job much easier. Well, Professor Douglas, you yeah. are already having class in session. <laughs> Man, that's my dream. I hope you, know, you got it. Because let me just tell you what you just unpacked in your lesson plan today. Uh -huh. You talked about effective leaders are coaches. Uh, effective leaders set expectations and communicate them in a way that they are heard. You talked about effective leaders empowering their team members beyond title, beyond education. You talked about embracing adversity, not running from it, but running toward it. And you talked about modeling these behaviors yourself and your action. And finally, you said you're growing people all the time growing leaders all the time. So that was in your lesson plan just in the last four minutes, Professor. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, you're such a great student. But uh, well, you know, I just take good notes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, I tell folks, if you can take action on like, you know, half of your notes, you'll be okay. You'll be ahead of the game compared to most people. Look at that. This is why you're so great. No, I'm blessed. Listen, thank you so very much for making the time. I am in your debt. Literally thousands of people are going to benefit from hearing your insights and your inspiration. And I can't thank you enough. Well, Joe, I got to be honest. I'm a fan of yours from the day I met you. Here's a tale. And I know we got to go. Um, you'll meet some leaders and I'm not digging on anybody. You can tell that they're a leader because they wear their title on their chest, right? Mm -hmm. um, when I met you, you were humble and quiet with a big smile. And you weren't going to tell me your role and kind of who you lead at the highest levels. But my friend Michael had to tell me. Um, and then I would just see how you post and how you interact with people. And even on that time when we were in Ocean City, just the last few uh, interactions with you. And I just said, man, I just got to stay connected to this guy. 
you know, because we do at times as leaders need an ear, a safe ear that we can talk to and bounce ideas off of. And I got to tell you, every time if I needed that in the last few years, call me or email me, drop a line or I read one of your posts and then I look up and now you're doing this podcast to affect positive, positively affect more leaders. So for you, I am grateful and I speak on behalf of those that serve with you for your great leadership and intuitiveness to want to be able to do more. It ain't like you ain't have nothing on your plate. You got plenty to do. And yet you have another thing that you branch out and see that's what you are forward thinking. And I'm a better man because of knowing you. So I thank uh, you for your service. You touched my heart, sir. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for your kind words. I'll see you in person real soon. And you be well. You got it. I'm going to take your advice and we're going to do that. Until then, be well. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Triple Latte Leadership Lifehack Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. For more tools on achieving your goals as a leader, please visit Triple Latte Leadership on Facebook. Be sure to like our page so you can stay updated on our offerings. To contact Joe D'Amatos, please send an email to ceo at triplelatteleadership.com. Be well.